Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. I'm Stephen Kellogg, and these are some of my friends. This is Jesse. This is Eric. That's Cookie Dough, and that's Wex. And we're about to sing you a brand new song called Easy Money. I made throwing some sort of shade were always a source of regret. I am a rich man, I know that I am, but sometimes it don't feel that way. I just when you make a few bucks for yourself, there's some other bill to be paid. Cash on a barrel here, time out of mind. It feels like we're coming in high. When it comes to easy money, my hands might shake, but my heart does not. So easy money. We don't talk anymore Cause somehow I think that he thought That I had a stash Of unlimited cash When he told me He couldn't be bought And that's good Cause I wouldn't Know where to begin And friendship ain't Something you buy is just business Well I don't care To be that kind of guy So easy money of distraction decide that I was a pretty good guy bring that easy money Easy money. Easy money. 
All right, so we're here with Stephen Kellogg and his band, and thank you so much for being. Let me just say this. Can I say this real quick? Sure. I don't know what you're going to say, but yeah. We, you were on the podcast. You stopped in when we watched the NBA game and everything. And you're, you you're only the second guest we've ever had. You are our second guest ever. Ever. Wow. Emmer, you. Uh, and on that podcast, you had just you had the lyrics to the new record. You had just written one song. You were talking about playing piano, and yes. now you're done with the record. Yeah. It's out, and you're playing at this festival. Tell me about that journey. Uh, I mean, it's it's yeah, because that was before we made it, right? So, I um when we got back the photos from the making of the record, the uh, the graphic artist said, I said, can you? He sent me like some versions of it. And he said, um, I said, can you make? Can you show some of the ones of us like having fun? And he's like, I gotta say, man, there's like a thousand shots, and you look like you have the weight of the world <laughs> on your shoulders in every single one of them. Record making, that's how it should be. Ah, oh, man, and I realized that's true, but I was really, I, I, if I could have told people, like, it was a joyful experience, it was just super intense, and it, and it went really well. Um, and the new record is called? I feel bad about the piano, because at the end of the day, I tried, like, 15 takes, and I kept, like, hitting a binger, like three quarters of the way through and I called up my friend John McLaughlin and I said can you play dumb piano and he said I do it all the time and he's a great pianist and he I showed it to him and we sat next to each other on the bench and he played it and and he did a really nice I feel like he captured the essence of what I was trying really hard to do and was just um yeah so it was was hard to let go of it but then I you know you know that was the so the album's called Objects in the Mirror and that's the piano story (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking of, of alternate album titles that had the words "dumb piano" in it. Like, <laughs> I can come up with any actually. Just "dumb piano." Stephen Kellogg tries "dumb piano!" Exclamation point. <laughs> yeah, Stephen Kellogg plays "dumb piano." So that in the, in the '60s they had all those. So and so plays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. William Shatner sings the hits of Bob. Yeah, Lord. exactly. Yeah. That's sings exactly. the songs of Stephen Kellogg. That's <laughs> yeah. what we need is William Shatner. Find me. I'll find me. At the lost and found. <laughs> <laughs> it's compelling. It's compelling. That's one word for it. Yeah. yeah. One, two, one, two, three. It's not that I closed off my heart. It's just that I've gotten so tired. You're trying to find an easy way out again So exhausting to keep you inspired You can find me You can find me at the lost and found Don't be surprised Don't be surprised if I don't turn around Find me Find me at the lost and found Sometimes a man gets worn thin On the brink of a break of an almost there win Never enough money from what I can see The labor of love, man, you gotta be kidding me You can find me You can find me at the lost and found Don't be surprised Don't be surprised if life don't turn around Find me Find me at the lost and found Do you recognize me? I don't recognize you 
don't know how we got it on. Do you recognize me when you tell me it's true? Cause believe me, I don't recognize you. think you should stay it's like I don't know where to start do I set it on fire just to protect my heart you can find me you can find me at the lost and found don't be surprised don't be surprised if one day it burns down find me oh yeah you could find me you can find me at the lost and But you'll be surprised You'll be surprised if you just look around Find me, find me at the lost and found say one last thing I just want to like I don't want to miss this moment um, here so I just think it's so neat because so often life just happens you know and it goes by and you miss it and I'm sitting here at the garden sessions and we're playing this music casually like you do and I'm thinking of you and me cooking 20 years ago making records and just listening to recovering the satellites over and over and being like how do we do this and then we're acting all fucking casual about it but it's really special to have Adam sitting over there taking pictures of us while we sing songs. Like, that's a really cool progression for, to make in your life. You know, to be doing something and then 20 years later to kind of be able to, to be around the source of something that was so inspiring for you. And it's like, I just hope you're absorbed. I, I didn't really... my mind up a little bit. It is. It's really neat. It's really cool. And I'm really glad that we're, that we're here. But I just didn't want to not recognize. I feel like that's... It's worth recognizing. So that's all. You interrupted us clapping for you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What you yeah. get for embarrassing me over there? Oh man, how could you? But the thing is, moments like that, so often we play it cool. We keep it close to the chest, and you want to seem like you know what's going on. And 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 I guess because you know because we are friends i i didn't feel nervous about it i just but for all this hanging out i don't know that you've ever yeah i don't know you've seen a live show yet you know no i haven't and that crossed my mind because the first song we started with we have never played ever as a band we've never even sung it together because we're just flying in dirty to do this and we're not really going on tour till next spring and so there's a part of you that's just like, well, I don't want to blow that, but it's okay. Like, it's all okay. Like, nobody dies if we do, if we sing something incorrectly. And I just didn't want to miss this moment, uh, this very nice, cool, fun thing of like, yeah, this is my life today. It's a really cool thing to have 
one of your favorite songwriters observing you do what you do with your friends and it was special so i had to embarrass you are y'all gonna play at the movie premiere um I, i'm flying down and doing that by myself i'll be there with uh, peter harding who's over here too the who is the filmmaker and the two of us are gonna fly down so we're tell, gonna, talk a little bit tell a little bit about that since we're here we're, um, so uh, the movie's called Last Man Standing, uh, and we're going to the Kansas International Film Festival tomorrow to screen it. And it's a, uh, it's a, it's really a documentary that Peter made originally. I had hired him to do like a two minute promotional reel, and he came out and shot a few days, and just it, and then sent me a, like a ten minute cut, and I was like, okay, well this is different. And uh, and then he said, I just think there's a bigger story, and he started he kind of took it over and took it to a, a, a thing where it's really more about songwriters and the balance of family and, and, and work and stuff. And so, uh, so we're screening it tomorrow. It's called last man standing. And it's Peter's film. Yeah. It's fantastic. We watched it a few it. months ago. We yes. watched it because when soon as you told me about it and it was on there, we watched it here one night and we loved it. Yeah. It is a lot of people saying nice things about you. I've got to get that kind of a movie made about yeah, myself. Yeah, you got to do that. <laughs> we're like, that's, that's, uh, the thing. That's, that's why we're filming you here. That's why actually it's, I, I talk about being embarrassed, but it's good. I'm, I'm putting together a reel of people saying incredibly nice things about me <laughs> for my documentary. <laughs> you make the cut. But yeah, I, mean, I, got, I got that also. I'm sorry. I got that also when I wrote the piece about you. Uh, it was at last Thanksgiving. Uh, and uh, I was really mad. That thing, it's a great portrait of an artist, but as you said, it's a great portrait of working position yeah and how hard that is to balance yeah. family and, and, and vocation and all that stuff well it's yeah. a big part of your life too family and music is a huge part of your life um, yeah we played songs about your daughters on this show that you wrote about yeah daughter. no I know well and they you know they enjoyed that I, I played that podcast for them and they're like is this really happening I mean <laughs> they're still yeah I mean when we we saw Counting Crows this summer and the end of the show See you, Soph. See you, Addy. And you'd think they had never seen a rock and roll show where they'd been shouted out. I'm like, hello, guys. I brought you. you know, <laughs> Not only do I do that every here. show, I wrote the yeah. songs about you. Yeah. No, it's, it's uh, but. Um, well, we could just see them so clearly from the stage. For whatever reason, every once, you know, when you play a show, you can see parts of the audience. You can't, you can't really tell whether you're going to be able to see your friends or not. It's impossible. And for whatever reason, that night where you were, you could just see Soph and Addy so clearly where they were. And they were having the time of their lives, <laughs> bouncing around. <laughs> it, was like, it was fun. That was good. Cook was there. That was cool. That's good. Yeah. And this will be the first time I'll see you guys play. This is the first time I've seen you play. And I, I, like I said, I wrote about you, and I love the live album. Thank and, you so much. Uh, yeah. And uh, but yeah, that's so weird. I think I've hung out with you like three or four times, and I've never seen you do the actual thing that you do. Yeah, and you know, like like a lot of bands, uh, I, it's it's always different. You know, and some shows are better than others, and you always want things to line up and to feel like you're on when people that are important to you come out. You know, it's okay if it doesn't, but it's more fun when you can. I mean, the amount of times you have like the best show of the tour in like Cedar Rapids or some, you know, just like some low key place, and and that's kind of karmic. That's probably just how it's supposed to go. But you're like, can we move this show to New York and change my fortune somehow? <laughs> That sort of that sort of shit is there to remind you though that you've got to play your ass off every night. Like I try not to think about. I mean, except when friends are there, it's best not to think about where you're going to be the next night or anything else like that. Because like, you can't be putting on half-ass shows. And we played four cities in Iowa this year, for whatever reason. In this one two-week period, we played four Iowa shows. There was just a lot of Iowa. 
Yeah. And you got you to gotta show up for Iowa. They show up for you, after all. No, I know. And for anybody who's listening from Cedar Rapids, no disrespect. I don't mind. You know, the Iowese. You know, we're, yeah. we're with you. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's something. Yeah, it's I something. think it was DiMaggio who said that you have to be great every night because someone's going to see you for the first time. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Did you guys all play on the uh, uh, 40 tour? Did they, some of these guys play with you guys on yep. that tour? Yes. E- yeah, every, everybody but Wex. Everybody but Wex. Um, but, uh, and, you know, that was a crazy album, too, because it was my 40th birthday. And my wife said, what do you want to do? You want to go on a trip? And I was like, no, I want to go play the biggest markets and hire a way bigger band than I can afford. You know? <laughs> She's like, so you want to leave for a month? for our?" For your I'm like, exactly. Um, but we did it. And That'll get you killed. What's that? <laughs> That'll get you killed. I know. I know. She's, I say a lot of nice things about her, too. But, you know, so... This one's called Wallpaper Angel. Wallpaper Angel Wallpaper Angel Wallpaper Angel I never will forget your smile was fading from view when I met her And in just a few months she was gone I lost my perspective like I often do I was moving towards something that was moving on And sometimes she still catches me off guard When the sky's like a silver screen a girl with the fiddle and a broken string When the night calls you could still hear sing Wallpaper angel Wallpaper angel Wallpaper angel I never will forget your smile So the kids ask me if we are safe And it's all I can do to look them in the face I said maybe we are, maybe we aren't We've been dealt a good hand, we've been lucky so far But what else can I truthfully say? Wallpaper angel Wallpaper angel Wallpaper angel I never will forget your smile Your smile 
I never will forget your smile I never will forget your smile Anyway, we, we did it, and we went out, and we had a real um, – we had some big issues. You know, uh, one of our guys had a, a crisis, a, an emergency, and had to leave in the middle of the tour. And, and we just – it was like everything that could go wrong did. And uh, Eric actually flew in in the middle of the tour. He wasn't supposed to be on that and uh, flew into Chicago on, on about 20 hours' notice. And – jumped in the most of most of the record came from the last five shows because we couldn't we couldn't we the shows were fine before that but we couldn't get in a groove we just the, the stuff wasn't happening the way we wanted it to it was really frustrating because we it was supposed to be this triumphant joyful time and you know your your friends are in pain and the music's not right and it hurts you know best laid plans of mice and bands Heck yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> I didn't intend for that to rhyme, but it did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It worked. Yeah, it's good. I know. Actually, that's actually good. That could be like a that could be a, a book. Best title. laid plans of Mike's and band. That's a, that's actually that's a, that's a that's Stephen Kellogg's song right there. The best laid plans of Mike's and Bands? No, it shouldn't be Mike's really. It was mice, wasn't it originally? It was mice, yeah. He went It's almost it. the same spelling though. Mike's is good though. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I think be, Mice and Bands is better, yeah. but Agreed. It's just an S for an E. Now, I know I do shameless plugs for my books on this podcast, but I have to say thank you so much. You were reading my book, Shout It Out Loud, while you were making this record, and you posted something on it. It was real cool. Thank oh, you. Oh, I that. loved it, man. It was so. It was the perfect book to read before making this and, <laughs> and just reading how hard that they – kind of the way they went in and went after it and the things you, you were like, I want to do that. I don't want to do that. I mean, there was a lot. It's, I loved Shout It Out Loud. I can't wait to read the Zevon, man. Uh, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. That was really nice of you. Thank you. And it was kind of cool. You took one picture of all your stuff. While you're working on the record in the corner, I saw my book. I was like, "Hey, my book's right uh, there." Yeah, it was with me. It was. It's you don't expect it either because you hear these like folky songs. But I was I was knee deep in that kiss book. That was good. <laughs> That's shout cool. it out loud. Uh, James is in addition to doing this as an author and wrote that kiss book that I was telling you guys all about throughout. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are going to tour in the spring. Yeah. Yeah. March March twentieth. So the first the album comes out. Objects in the mirror comes out November twenty third and. Uh, doing the first five weeks uh, with Eric and I are going to do it. So more of a solo presentation and listening rooms and stuff. And then, uh, then the rock and roll portion will be uh, March and April of 2019. We'll go out and do um, some of those rooms with the full band. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it should be, should be fun. Did you finish a book? I haven't finished it. You gonna finish this damn book already? It's coming out, and we moved the de- <laughs> we moved it now to March. Well, you're, I told you the first time I met you that I was yeah, first thing you said to me. How I the hell do you write a book? <laughs> I could not have underestimated the difficulty in writing a book more. I mean, I am. It's not like you're not doing anything else. I, I, fi- I, I I'm done. I finished the first draft, so now we're editing. I have a really good editor who gives me really tough love in this in the best possible way. And like, it's, a, it's a good addendum to what you guys did with the film, right? It's about your time on the road, right? Is that what it's about? The book is actually about the things that matter most in life. It's a storyteller's take on what matters most. And so each chapter, the first part of the book is relationships. So it's, you know, it's coworkers, it's parents, kids. You know, each chapter is an essay. And then the second part of the book is, is other things, forgiveness, integrity, um, health, time, sense of humor, and it's a, so it's a collection of essays and and kind of um, 
you know, in the spirit of an Anne Lamott or a David Sedaris, you know, but just sort of a humble effort in that direction. Right. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Cool. Feel bad we haven't involved you guys. I know. The band. Oh, come okay. on. Say something. No, this is good. You got your mics. You're at the <laughs> ready. Just enjoying the banter. I'm just enjoying all this that's happening. Oh yeah, we gotta go. Okay, yeah, I guess we have to go. They're gonna start pretty soon. (laughs) (laughs) We finally started talking. The drummer's lot in life. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't wrapping up. That was him over there. Well, he's James from across the room. I can't ignore that. But 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 don't forget, you'll be in the photos, so everybody will be like, "What?" The FOMO will set in, and it'll like that's the whole world we live in. That's all that matters. Yep. Excellent vocals too. You guys sing your ass off. It was, it's really makes the songs great harmonies with him. Fantastic work. Yeah. Hey there, everybody. Uh, my name is Stephen Kellogg, and we're here at the Underwater Sunshine Fest, uh, the Garden Sessions. It's a great honor to be amongst so many great bands, and uh, I'm just gonna try to take a shot at introducing my mates here, the Southwest Northeast on the drums. That's Jesse Humphrey uh, over here on the guitar. My friend Eric Donnelly. And then my longtime producer and amigo and, and uh, Swami, is that the word? I'm trying to think of the word for someone that really is a guru. Cookie Dough Chow fan on the bass. And then uh, Jason Wex Wexler on the, uh, on the piano today. Um, so we're going to sing you a brand new song called Symphony of Joy. I don't leave a bank account Where plans have to proceed If I don't give you what you want Hope you get the things you need Give my brother the guitars Tell my sister sorry I lost touch Tell my mama not to worry about money quite so much Never turn your back on a second chance Never trust a guy Who says he doesn't I know you need to dance Like a symphony Of joy And it's not Your obligation To go easy on the boys Cause the ceiling's gonna shatter And believe me When it does Pinned you to the margins, baby, they'll be sweeping up. Now, it ain't nobody's station to tell others how to live. But we got a situation here where evil still exists. You can't turn away, you gotta have a dog in every fight. When you see one going rogue, don't back down just cause he bites. That's right, that's life. But you should drive him wild every time you get the chance. Cause you got choices that I'm just not sure. You know you have, you gotta dance like a symphony of joy. And it's not your obligation. Easy on the boys Cause the ceiling's gonna shatter And believe me when it does Those who you to the margins Baby, they'll be sweeping up
turn your back upon a second chance Don't you trust the guy who says he doesn't Everyone needs to, everyone needs to, everyone needs to dance Like a symphony of joy And it's not your obligation to go easy on the boys Hell no, cause the ceiling gonna shatter And believe me when it does Those who pin you to the margins Baby, they'll be sweeping up and dance Like a symphony of joy Yeah, you gotta dance Like a symphony of joy Oh baby, you will dance Like a symphony of joy Dance Like a symphony Thank you guys. Thanks for thanks for the neat, cool opportunity. He's much better at the interviewing thing than I am. I realized that today I can talk about shit myself, but I don't know how to get other people to talk about <laughs> them. In the, in that's my plan in the new year is to care about another person <laughs> uh, and then interview them. Uh, I mean, but not in a conceptual way, but in like a. Well, there you go. No, maybe it is a conceptual. I don't know. It's. Uh, I'm, I shouldn't I'm portray myself you, that way. No, it's I, not I, that I, I'm a heartless bastard. It's just that the interviewing thing is really hard. It's very confusing to figure out how to do it all. Right. Yeah, well, the other thing, too, is, is guy, I think it was Oscar Wilde that said, uh, it's the drinking thing again. Uh, I don't drink to uh, make myself more interesting. I drink to make you more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's it. You just need to yeah. do some more drinking before we do these interviews. And people will become more interesting to you, and you'll have things you can Like ask. Descartes, I drink, therefore I am. There you yes. go. <laughs> Indeed. Well, I have a good... Uh, you playing tonight? You playing tonight, right? Tonight, yes. Because yes. you have to leave tomorrow. Definitely playing yep. tonight. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. tonight's tonight. Barry Electric. So there's no confusion. Yes, you're playing tonight. You're gonna show up. Heck yeah! <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Wouldn't and miss by the way, thanks to all of you guys for coming down here and yeah, do thanks, this. Man. Uh, oh, really yeah, really appreciate it because I was awesome. really excited to have Stephen come play, and I, I really wanted the band because I want to see the whole thing. Yeah. No, he did. He said the Southwest Northeast, which is like nobody ever uses our full band name, which I always appreciate when they do. Because it's confusing to remember which directions come first. Uh, Northwest. Northeast, West, South. Should technically be North, South, West, East. It sounds better the way you do it. Yeah, it sounds better. It's Southeast. North, northwest, west, southeast. No, southwest, northeast. Southwest, northeast. Southwest, northeast. Oh, right, southwest, right. northeast. The hell I'm doing. That's a great record too, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. I just got to remember El Paso, Boston. Southwest, northeast. That's that's what it is. Yeah. All right. Let's get the I hell think. out of here. We got to go start. A yes, show. that's right. We got things. We got to right, show This is today. our last thing of the day. And then break we're many legs, the, uh, you guys. Not the Outlaw Road Show, whatever this thing's called, Underwater Sunshine. <laughs> it's now. Fuck. <laughs> we can't get to a podcast. Still doing that, man. All right, man. Love it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. We're going to sing you a song called Last Man Standing. This one's going out to my mom. Gonna be last man. Gonna be last man. Gonna be last man standing tonight. Gonna choose sunlight. Gonna be kind. I'm bound to win a few fights 
Before my time I'm gonna make love now Ain't the future bright I'm gonna be the last man Staying down tonight I'm gonna be the last man Gonna be the last man Gonna be the last man Staying down tonight Speak my mind Even when my nerve fails Even in the dark times I'm gonna count the blessings Celebrate the wins Gonna be the last man That's staying there That's right All right, so Elizabeth and Catapult are joining us after their garden sessions, and I was just uh, 
finished telling Elizabeth that we would find out if it was Zyman or Zeman from our podcast, and yeah. it's officially Zeman. We figured it out. And a big fan since your first record. Thank you so much. And uh, we love the new one, but I had to ask you, because we were talking just before we went on, yeah. about Everybody Knows. Yeah. And we played it, and I love that, that Leonard Cohen song, and I think you're the best version of it. Uh, thank you so much. And you said you had a story? Oh, well, I just, uh, my great aunt um, is uh, really critical, and... She and I, I love her taste in music so much. And she listened to that first record. And I remember her saying, "Man, the one song off that record I'm really hip to. I, I think your lyrics are incredible. Is everybody knows you are just such a great lyric writer." And I was like, "Dude, that's Leonard Cohen. That's the one cover." But thank you. Brutal. But it's also the way Brutal. you sing it. And sometimes, once in a while, someone will write me and be like, oh, man, that is just one of the best songs you've ever written. I'm like, does anyone listen to Leonard Cohen anymore? No, apparently not. And it, the, the, the comment that I made on the podcast was that yeah. it's funny. Cohen sings it apocalyptically, very, yeah. very negatively. You, yeah. s- you sing it almost seductively. Like, hey, you know, everything's rotten, but it's going to be fine. Yeah. That's the way I'm I hear the, it. I'm on the line. It depends on the day. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. What's uh, do you have? Uh, we're mentioning other artists, but do you have influences? Uh, you know, other than Leonard Cohen. Other than no. Leonard Cohen. <laughs> no, it stops and uh, starts right that's there. That's it. Yeah. Can we just veer this way from Leonard Cohen? <laughs> yeah, for let's a get a, done with do Leonard. Do you have any any I influence do. you want to share? I have. Uh, yeah, I have kind of the classics. Well, it's, it's just John Lennon's birthday, so I have to say John Lennon and Joni Mitchell. And lately, I've been listening to um, just like for more of my orchestral arrangements. Laura Mavula is just makes amazing records with my brightest diamond also makes amazing records with orchestras and just really interesting arrangements did you um, ever, you said you're a Joni fan have you listened to like travelogue or both sides now the record she did with vince mendoza the, la- the, the orchestral ones yes and her voice is so different but it's it's still so amazing it sounds like a cello now she's yeah. got this timber to it that yeah yeah you didn't hear before she was so you know she could do anything before yeah and you know she doesn't have the same range but her tone is has matured into this whole other yeah. thing it's and really it's still cool. so powerful yeah, and I love yeah. those arrangements he did. The string arrangements yeah. on Travelogue and the, not string, the orchestral arrangements are amazing. Yeah, can I say that? Can I just say the quick, weird, kismet moment last night that I was watching, what is it, Two Weeks Notice? I think that's the name of the movie, I was movie, watching yeah. a, a, a Hugh Grant movie and falling asleep, and then I heard Adam's voice come on as I was falling asleep. <laughs> it's where singing, Big Yellow Taxi is. Singing Big uh, Yellow Taxi. <laughs> Joni <laughs> well, Mitchell's asleep, song. But yeah, I was like, okay, oh, universe, yeah. okay, I'm ready. <laughs> we, ha- we haunt the dreams of everyone we know. <laughs> it's one of our powers. I say our. I don't mean me in the royal sense. I mean our band. Yes. Yeah, like, <laughs> of course. It's one of our powers. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. We appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to mention uh, on the podcast, I mentioned to both of you guys how great your vocals are together. It's like two sides of a coin. It doesn't even separate. It's amazing how that works. You you sound like you could be heard an octave different and vice versa. Your phrasings are amazing. What? No, seriously, and it comes through on the records, but it was amazing today. Are you flipping up and downs on New Beginnings? Like yes. You're the low part on some of them and the high parts on the New Beginnings? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. We flip parts just today, just switching. Parts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I, I always say whenever I get to play with Hannah, it's just like, it's like the icing on the cake. You have like all the hues in your voice, like the the dirty, the all the good breathy stuff that You're I want so in clear. mind. You're so clear. And so I just like, yeah. But I like to I feel love like, singing it feels you. like we're sisters singing together. You sound yeah. like it. You sound like, you know, I just it's read Carly Simon's uh, memoir. She oh, talked about cool. singing with her sister down here in the village for years. Oh, cool. She said they had the same thing. She, she also connected with James Taylor that way when they used to sing mm-hmm. together. Then she talks about that waver that you get when you sing a good harmony. You just hear mm-hmm. that air. Well, I think people, for me, I always felt like when I, when I surround myself with really good singers, they elevate my singing. Mm-hmm. So I just like try to keep them as close as possible whenever possible. 
Like you makes go. you it makes That's you perform how I better. I feel about you and your Thanks, voice. Thanks, bub. You guys. <laughs> I, come on. So you, you haven't been out on tour recently. They've been touring without you, I heard? Yeah, you, you guys have been playing a lot, right? I just jumped in Pow- today. And power trio. Power trio. Yeah. Yeah. We've played a bunch together, but not yeah. in a while. I've been away for a while. Yeah. Welcome back. Thanks. It's <laughs> nice to be back. Yeah, you guys sound like, by the way, you, are, you smile more than any other performer. I know. Ever. It's unfortunate. Sometimes no, it's, it's a good thing. Sometimes it's, it's like. It's a great thing. It looks like, you, it looks like we all feel when we're singing a song. Right. When I'm singing a song, I sing with my wife, or when I no, you know, no, it's not the same. No, yeah, it's, it's not all happy all the time. Yeah, yeah. Singing. This yeah. is a, this is the thing. But you're, you're the true, aren't you? When you're I'm, happy if, all if the time. I'm, when I'm singing, when I I'm guess s- I'm talking to Adam Duritz here. He's, yeah. There's no way he is happy. When I'm every singing, me a culpa. When I was at the piano singing that song, I don't smile one time. Mm. When I'm playing like a really serious song, or when I have to, my brain has to work. But when I'm just like chilling with an acoustic, I don't have to think about doing anything but playing like four simple chords and I can just enjoy the song. And it's called New Beginnings. It's actually a completely non-ironic happy song. Why not? Yeah. She's Thank happy because she's not playing it. Stand up for the mopers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's what New Year is here for. Oh, oh. No one particular to answer to. Just the bunny rabbit I'm holding on to. Oh, oh. Feels like a new
Sorry, I'll never bring up smiling and music again. No, it's funny, though, because... Um, yeah, my boyfriend just asked me. He was like, "Do you get insulted at how much people talk to you about your smiling after shows?" Like, "Yeah, you smile. That was great. You smiled a lot." Like, "Where's the compliment in that?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's mildly no. I appreciate it. I appreciate the smile compliments. Yeah, that's good. That's good." So, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the new record? I mean, was it fun to make? Was it? Uh, has it been fun to play live? Yeah, it's fun to make. More fun to play live mm. for oh, sure. There you go. That's yeah. his mantra every yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. And better versions live. Isn't it? Oh, no, he's thinking. No. I, no. Well, for, for me. I always find them really difficult to make. And not so difficult to play live. But, yeah. yeah. But you do prefer a lot of your live versions is the point I'm trying to make. No, not me. I, I love the record versions. I just don't play them every night. I mean, I'm really... The record version to me is the ultimate version of the song. We worked really hard to get it like that. I just don't feel any need to repeat that every night. Uh, I like to explore it. I don't know that the, the live ones are better or anything. I just... That's the exploration. I just don't want to play it the same way every night. Right. So, like, you explore it. Live version is a way to, like, use a song as a filter and you pour your life through it every day. And it changes a little bit all the time because your perspective on it changes. Um, I don't know which one's better. I just, I'm really happy with the record versions generally because we worked so hard to get them that yeah. way. And all the arrangement work went into that. Um, I, I'm sorry. I keep disagreeing with you. That's I don't fine. I do that. You, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's all Happier. about the honesty. Happier. It's all the so yeah. you were saying. Yeah, it's it is really fun to play live because it's like the bare bones, and then it's just also really fun to play with these guys. I don't know. It just it's uh, it's like you get to re- keep recreating what the song means to you every night. You keep, get to keep recreating the way you play it. It's just it's it's a very different experience. Now that he's got the setup with the speakers over there, it seems like it's much easier to hear than it used to be over there. Could you guys hear each other pretty well when you're playing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a change. He's brought, he brought speakers this year because we never had them before. And I think it made it a lot easier for everybody. Everybody seems to be having a really good, relaxed time uh, <laughs> yeah. playing over there. Because before they were just, yeah. you know, you're playing in the air. It can be hard as a singer yeah. especially. Hearing yeah. yourself over guitars, yeah. trying to get harmonies together over, like, drums yeah. or pianos are loud, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah it was, that, was, that was fun. Yeah. That was the most fun you can have playing in the corner of like a living yeah. room yeah. i'm seriously yeah that was pretty yeah what'd you guys think yeah love it. <laughs> i thought it was so fun trying to get the band on in i it. was so interested <laughs> in what you said because basically i forget about the record arrangements like we play ours so much yeah and then when i go back when i'm at home practicing or something and i put on the record i'm like oh these are so beautiful and so lush and yeah. we're not doing that but it's yeah. just something different <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's just different. For what it is, like, but. There's too much pressure to try to sound exactly like the record. Well, and they grow. You know, yeah. you, you you have a you explore a different melody one day, and that starts starts to be the way you feel that yeah. melody, yeah. and you forget that there was. A, I, we were on tour last year, and Rob was coming up and singing on Rain King, right. and I'm like, "Well, you just take the bridge. Go ahead and take the bridge. I don't care. You know, take the bridge." Yeah. So he takes the bridge and sings it, and as he's singing the melodies, I'm like, "Oh my god." Oh yeah, that's how that goes. <laughs> I completely forgot that. Me- that's how the song goes. Thank you. Rob. I had to do yeah. actually. I I almost really messed up last. Night. I had to do a um, a show with the string quartet, and my friend did some arrangements for my music, and I had to do it exactly like the record. And like that song that I played just now, Mea Culpa. Like I add measures. I actually like. There's an extended version. I have no idea how the record goes, and so the sound check was show it was oh. the worst sound check i've ever done and everyone was like does she read music does she listen to music does she know her own songs does she know where she is and then f- somehow the show worked 
but it's like you need to listen to your own music sometimes. I listen to the record. Well, you forget that whenever you work with someone who's working with sheet music. You know, yeah. Jim's dad, who passed away recently, you know, he was the first chair, second chair trumpeter for the San Francisco Symphony for yeah. 30, 40 years. And he came to play with us at a couple shows. And it was made clear before we played that you you stick to this on the, and this tonight you're sticking to this part <laughs> because yeah. you know he's on sheet music he yeah. he needed sheet music for it and he played beautifully but yeah. he's, that's how he does it yeah you know yeah, those musicians they're not into that no <laughs> yeah so. they were so nice though in soundcheck I was like wow you are the nicest string quartet for what's going on right now that is a rarity by the way uh, shit show is perfectly fine on a podcast okay, at least cool. this podcast yeah, I was yes like, yes oh. usually usually fucking shit show it goes with it. I've had friends tell me that they can't listen in the car to this with their their kids because because I can't stop yeah, you do. I can't the, stop yeah. with the fucking shit all yeah. through the. Uh, well, podcast. if we love music, it just comes out of you because it's yeah. so fucking good. It's so yeah, fucking yeah. good. Yes. Yeah, really yeah, even in the midst of a shit show. Yeah. Right. So you, I've asked everybody this, but you guys psyched about playing this thing tonight, and uh, how you're going to do? Totally, absolutely. It's going to be awesome. Also, this is so funny, but Dave Godowski, who I've been a fan of for a while, played the string quartet show with me in Boston. I've oh, never really? played with him before, and now we're opening for him tonight. Which is also, I'm going to say it's kismet again. I'm using the word again. Throwing it around. Love yeah. Dave Godowski. He's awesome. I can't wait to see him. He moved yeah. to Boston recently, and I haven't seen him much. I saw yeah. him once this summer at our show, but usually I used to see him more of him. But now that he's moved away. Yeah. I go to this um, music camp for adults. Um, really? That's what <laughs> wow. cool. my friend started. It's like 100 people on an island in cabins. It's awesome. And he's Where's been a that? part of, it's in New Hampshire. Wow. On Meredith Island, it's like you have to row to get out there. And he actually, um, someone set us up for a writing session uh, last year. And he, there's only a couple people that started the camp that get to have like a couple weeks before the camp starts to just write together. It's like a secret society, and I haven't been inundated into the society yet. And he's one of those people. So I'm like, oh, Dave's one of the cool writers for Miles of Music. <laughs> that bastard. That asshole. <laughs> Something about New Hampshire. We went up to this place in New Hampshire to play this summer, and we were all kind of wondering what it would be like. And it was like they had, first of all, they 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 had bikes when we got there. We pulled it in the backstage. There's bikes. There's a giant chessboard. There's a lake. Winnipesaukee right there. There there's a bouncy castle, a literal Ooh. bouncy castle backstage. A treehouse. Several bars. Wait. What is they it? They made. They had. It, uh, I, I can look it up. I can't remember it right off the top of my head. It was so cool, and then they served us all lobster. For the catering was lobsters and like uh, raw crab. They had a raw. It was insane, and they had a fire pit. We all sat out while the other bands were playing, and they brought out stuff for s'mores. What? It was like this is camp my dream for show. It was so bizarre. Yeah. I've never had anyone do anything like that for us before, and I will momentarily find it. I like your thing, getting on a rowboat. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. actually, um, I. Uh, First of all, let me remember before I forget, because I always do this, that I have a new album. It's called Keepsake. Yeah, I've been okay, complimenting the album throughout this whole thing, but I forgot to <laughs> okay, name it. Okay, That's okay. That's yeah. promotion, yes. Yeah, but also, going back to the rowboat thing. Yes, please. <laughs> I was on an actual rowboat on my birthday, because my birthday's at camp, with full, like, full boat of string players. Like, it was like this big what? boat. String players, uh, guitar players, mandolin pl- players, under the stars. On a boat. And I'm just saying, life does not get better than that. That sounds yeah. like punts on the river through Oxford in England, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I'm promoting my album, and I'm promoting uh, 
this camp. camp. <laughs> and, and boating with Miles string quartets. Miles of music. Yeah. What's it now, called? What's the record called again? Keepsake. Keepsake. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be fun. We're playing like, yeah, we're playing a lot of songs off of it tonight. <laughs> we're Elizabeth and the Catapult. That's Hannah Winkler, John O'Linden, Dylan Aiello, and we're going to play a song called Underwater. The Underwater Sunshine Music Festival.
Are you playing Ambrosia live? You That's a complicated what? arrangement. I know it's like it's called a. I. Uh, I was just curious about. It. You don't have to play Ambrosia. No, you got lots of great songs. It's not, yeah. I'm just What's the one I said? I like somewhere. No? Something more. Something more. more. Something more is great. Are you playing that? No. Are you going to play okay, any so songs we like? You know what? I, I feel like I just have to buy. I have. If it's I'm like going to do Ambrosia, probably, they just played it. I love oh, it. Underwater, we do love that one. We can pretend that's the other single. Oh, yeah. No, we love days. the whole album. It's great. Uh, new, yeah, so we'll do we'll do oh, some okay. songs. You got but, a lot of great songs. I wouldn't worry too much about it. Yes, okay. of course you do. But if you want that one, I will pick up a mic. I need a mic that you can switch on and off for that song. Oh. So if we care enough about playing it for you, I'll find one and then return it. It's complicated. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Very complicated. I've never heard that. You need a mic that turns on and off to perform a song. Yeah, because you can't have it feedback on the loop. It's a whole, oh. it's a whole boring looping <laughs> conversation. Uh. Did you play that with the string quartet on the river? No. Actually, they were playing like Irish jigs. Mm. Love it. As they are wont to do. <laughs> yes, yeah. That kills the whole romance of it, but still. Yeah. <laughs> when you get the diddly 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 that works. You can't really jig on a boat, on a rowboat. Uh, you could. It was like, it was, okay, I'll, I'll call it a waltz. All right. Swing. Oh, okay. Swing Irish music, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's the most beautiful music. It I feel is. like I was Celtic in another life. You definitely were. Your hair, your whole thing. Yeah, you look like an uh, Irish lass. Thank you. Yeah, you Jewish were. lass. Yeah, Jewish lass is still... In another life, fantastic. I was an, an Irish rabbi in another life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations again on this record. It really is great. And it was so Thank cool, you. you know, when, when uh, Adam told me you guys were playing uh, the festival, I was like... Are you kidding? Like, because that first record, I've listened to that on a loop for a long time. That really makes me feel great. Yeah, well, how long? That, that's like twelve years old. That record, ten. It's ten year anniversary this year. Wow! Ah. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, great we're gonna work. we're gonna try to do a live record. I'm not saying anything yet. I'm not what. But that would be fun to do a live record for the anniversary. Nice. Why not? That's a good idea. You just got three or four live songs. I there know. You <laughs> <laughs> could only only six more tracks. We're done. <laughs> You're almost there. Yeah. <laughs> So it's a start. It is, yeah, indeed, yeah. indeed. So we'll let you guys get ready. What are you playing tonight? Or tomorrow night? We're playing tonight, uh, 7.30 p.m., right? Yeah, yeah. but by the time you, anyone hears this, it'll be long in the future. <laughs> We're not the, live here. Tonight will be a different day by the time <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This. So nobody run to the Bowery Electric tonight. <laughs> tomorrow again today. That was going to be the name of the record, but it sounds like an action film. I like that. Tomorrow yeah. again today. It's like, it's like it wait, what's the name of that record? Again, tomorrow. Uh, that's why we didn't do it. Yeah, tomorrow never. Tomorrow <laughs> again today <laughs> dies. <laughs> Now it's an action movie. Yeah, it's a um, Bond movie. Yeah. Like the, that uh, novel from that movie, Sideways. She asked him, what's the name of the novel? The Day Before Tomorrow. Oh, my God. You mean today? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's the best reference. Actually, probably my second favorite film. It's great. great oh, film. yes. It's a masterpiece. Sideways. Indeed. You've been doing Sideways references for... I have been. It's on top of me. Yeah. yeah. Can I ask one question that's totally random about things that I love? Um, do you guys like Better Call Saul? Because yes. I just saw the last episode, and I think it's freaking brilliant. I have not seen the last episode, so don't blow it. Just the best writing. I have not watched it because uh, the what's the uh, show? The, Breaking uh, Bad. Because I got through three seasons of Breaking Bad, and then it, I, it happens to me with TV shows sometimes. It happened to me with Dexter. I, I had this feeling like this is absolutely brilliant, but I have spent enough time with these people. <laughs> I don't want to be around them anymore. Oh, so I, I stopped there in the yeah. middle of Breaking it's Bad, good. so I didn't go to Better Call Saul. Yeah, it's it's so important that you see it. 
All right. I'm just saying. It's my wife's favorite show. I just think it's some of the best writing out there. I was so blown away. I I actually, the last line of the last episode, I said, wow, out loud to myself when watching it. Yeah. Um, What did yourself say back? (laughs) Calm down. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Talk too loud yourself. You know what I love about that show? It doesn't, it's like the way Breaking Bad, they don't rush anything. The, the no. scenes like just it take place in a, so it unfolds is a great a lot way to of say foreshadowing. That. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, I'm gonna say thank you oh, for having us. Thank this you. Was, thank this you for, is so yeah, fun. Thank you so and much. and you, you're a man of many, many words. The, the drummer does <laughs> yeah. not speak. Well, so, you know, oh. Anyway. Oh. Do you have something you want to say? I mean, I, I was gonna say one thing actually yeah. about Better Call Saul. Oh yeah. And <laughs> I have the unique <laughs> perspective of not actually seeing Breaking Bad. So here's wow, something. Yeah. And oh, it's then, a prequel. And, and, so I, now he and I only watch Better Call Saul, and I still love it to death. And, uh, uh, not and it works it, that way, so you don't need Breaking Bad. Right, you don't need you don't. Breaking Bad. Because yeah. it's a prequel. So. It's setting the stage. And that's what I'll say on this podcast. And I'm so <laughs> envious you, of you. Don. I'm so envious of you and my friend Adam, because if he wants to dive back into that show, uh, I, I've already seen the Breaking Bad twice all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm embarrassed to even say that aloud, but I will say that I would watch it again, but to not... Get through the whole thing. It's like, oh man, you got it all right in front of you, man. That's true. Yeah. I will say this in his defense, there was a lot of ascent nods and expressions and things. He just didn't have the mic on him. Yeah, I'm and sorry. If this was a TV show, he, he would have been way. There would have been yeah. a lot of comments. Yeah, there. I should have. There was a couple more. like. <laughs> there, was a, there was a fair amount of that. Did you Did you have something you wanted to say before yeah. we leave about Better Call Saul? <laughs> I haven't seen either of those shows. Any episodes. Is, is there a show you'd like to recommend? I actually don't watch any TV series. In yeah. its own way, an original re- recommendation. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Stop watching television. But Jono knows everything else that ever happened in the world. And I think it's because you don't watch television. You just have so much more space in I your brain. I just have a movie policy. Like, I just yeah. prefer to go to the It's movies. a rule. But uh. I'm kind of regretting that now. <laughs> <laughs> Only so for this podcast? Yeah. I like Maybe. movies. Ozark. I like movies, too. I'm addicted to movies. You sure? Yeah. 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 yeah, very succinct. We don't you don't have to spend your life watching them. All right, everybody go out and get keepsake <sighs> and go see oh. Elizabeth and the Catapult. You, I guess bringing touring? that back around. <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there? You see what I did there? So, did, uh, before are you guys touring now? Are you going to go on the road? Are you um, done with the road? Actually, well, I just we played a bunch of sh- I mean, we we're in and out of Connecticut, Philly, Boston a lot over these this last month and again in the future, but um, I'm going to play at play City Winery on Tuesday, opening for Alana Davis, which would be cool. Oh, cool, uh, cool. Uh, and then I'm playing, and then we're playing Boston City Winery and Connecticut. We're, yeah, we have some dates coming up. Uh, should I say what they are? Not really. No. Unless they're <laughs> way in the future, we don't know when the hell we're going to be playing. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, people could have the wistful sense of having missed them, or or, yeah, the, or, or the, the chance to go out and get them if they get yeah, them before. Go ahead and throw yeah. out some dates. Well, no harm. I will say that elizabethandthecatapult.com will have everything, and oh, there will be more idea. dates, and that's a very succinct way of saying that. Excellent. <laughs> Your marketing acumen is laudable. Oh, thank you for all of that. Of course. <laughs> thank you, guys. <laughs> and First that, time anyone ever said that. With that note. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And what is also laudable is this brilliantly arresting version of Mea Culpa on the piano with Elizabeth Zeman from Elizabeth and the Catapult's brand new record, Keepsake, live from the Garden Sessions. I am imagining a man Sits like a statue at his typewriter Trying to think how to begin How to write his 
I do want to take a moment to thank once again 
Ehud lays in before doing a fantastic job recording video and audio of all the garden sessions, not only for our podcast, but for the live garden sessions videos, which you can catch on YouTube and on the SBG Media website, along with the Underwater Sunshine website. Ehud will be releasing all of the videos eventually, but each week as we present them here, you'll be able to see the videos of these incredible performances. And again, a thanks to Johnny M. for engineering all of the podcast interviews. He did a fantastic job. Well, we're here with Dave Drago and Sean Barna. Dave, of course, produced Sissy with Sean, plays on it, and sings on it. And Sean, of course... Roten was there. He was there doing it. He was there it. for a great deal of it. Yeah. Yes. Wrote it, sang it. For most of it, I was there. Yeah. Tell yeah. us about the parts you weren't there for. The mixing? Yeah. The mastering? <laughs> the stories that these are all about? I'm getting really punchy now. That's uh, fine. I'm, I'm holding back because this is going to be public. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be taking you down. Oh, please, yeah, please, please, Unfortunately, go. there's a no. little too much rapport here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> We're a little bit too tight. As my, so, as my girlfriend likes to say... <clears throat> Fucking Adam and Sean show, man. You can't get a word in around the two of you. <laughs> well, we just have such a good time. Well, I'm just going to chime in then. Okay, and, that's and an adult, finally. <laughs> once again, to congratulate the two of you on my favorite record of the year. Oh I, God, I already wrote you. about it, and you, taught, you and I talked about it. And yeah. It's one of my favorite interviews I've done in the last couple of years. And I have to say, it's amazing how you guys were able to put this together, really with no... I mean, you just went and did it. Yeah. I did it because Dave, well, I was being a, a mopey, mopey boy, and uh, Dave doesn't tolerate that for very long. And so he made me come up to his studio and make a studio and make a record in three days, four days. I think we only did the vocal take for Queer Mad Blues on the fourth day. But other than that, it was just like three and a half days. And uh, wrote three of the songs while I was up there. The other two I brought up, Routines of Queer Mad Blues. And we just both made the best thing we've ever done, the most heartfelt thing we ever did. Mm-hmm. Danger Baby, Serious Child, and Modern Man were all written up in Rochester? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. At, yeah. In the middle of the night while Dave was sleeping, because I didn't have anything to show him the next day when he was going to come and ask me, okay, play me something. I didn't yeah. have anything I mean, yet. Uh, like, we didn't know what we were doing. The mm-hmm. whole point was, you know, I got some new gear in the studio, and, and Sean and I had become closer and closer friends over the years, and I just wanted to use some gear and hang out with a buddy, and so I was like, come on up, do a song. Maybe we won't even do that. It literally no started like maybe we'll happen. do a song. Yeah. And uh, within three days, we had all five songs recorded. And and we had, it was like, it was like something blew up in the studio. It was like, we were just sitting on this thing that wasn't supposed to exist. It was like two guys, like, surprisingly gave birth to like a human child. They're like, <laughs> I don't even know we could do this. There's just baby like crying in the room. <laughs> and Dave wakes up hungover on the third day and he's like, I just couldn't get out of my head. I had a drunken sleep last night. Sissy. Wouldn't it be funny if the record were called Sissy? And he was like, that's not funny. That's the name of the record. <laughs> Nothing funny about that. That is the name. And from Sissy, which I called in my Aquarian Weekly article, a wholly provocative, mesmerizingly intense, and unerringly brave collection of songs. Here is Sean Barna and his band with Dave Drago playing the brilliant Modern Man. All right. I feel for you, but I'm not sure 
uh, the great story is that how he, he, Adam got involved. You were like, yeah, he's, oh, this song's great. I, I want to sing on it. And you were like, yeah, what am I? Yeah. yeah. Si- well, kind of good. So I actually had dinner with Adam and some of his friends. My friends, too, now, I guess. Well, I don't know about Jeff, but the rest of them. <laughs> uh, but I was really excited about this thing because it was the night I got back. And he said, oh, you got to let me sing on it. And I was like, you can't do that. It might be terrible. You don't want to sing it. You don't, haven't heard it yet. And then I sent it to him, and he's like, you have to let me. He was like live tweeting me the fucking response, and he's like, you have to let me sing on routines. Like I would say no. <laughs> I I mean, he he ruined sense. it in the end, but. <laughs> really, got myself in trouble yesterday. You're like the first band I announced, really. The first thing out of the box, and this is the best record anyone made last year. I'm like, <laughs> I realized I came off stage. I thought to myself, "Whoops, it's gonna be tough announcing everybody else." <laughs> <laughs> this is also the best record made. Uh, oh, thank you. That's really sweet. Everything about that. You and I talked right here yeah. uh, about I was, uh, the I was, record. I was cat sitting, and I got to talk to you. That's right. <laughs> and um, the great thing was, speaking of the podcast, and we, we played the whole record uh, on the on the podcast. First time talking yeah. about it. Thank you. And <laughs> of course, Queer Mad Blues came up, and I did the uh, as it was playing. I found the quote from the Kerouac book, and you're uh-huh. like, "I am so glad you did that because exactly I was going for that." Yeah, that's exactly what it means. It ties the whole. Uh, the uh, queer rights movement and trans rights movement into the protests of the past, which were so tied into the folk movement. And I, like I've said, I said to you for the article, I just believe that I think songwriters are kind of dropping the ball right now yeah, man. on dealing with stuff. Uh, and there are some people that are doing it. Shia Diamond is a great trans artist, African American trans artist. You should check out. Uh, but there are people doing it. But for the most part, the the white guy with the guitar, they're they're dropping the ball on dealing with these issues. Uh, honestly, I think. And I try to approach all the, everything I write, honestly, everything I, every performance, honestly. So that's where that came from. Yeah. No, it's great. And even your mention of Gaslight. Mm-hmm. You talked about the Gaslight and the Modern Man. Yeah. And uh, how it's, it's gone. And I love that quote when you said, I walk up to the Gaslight now and look down there, but I will not go in. I did it today. I went and looked at it again. Yeah. So yeah, because I think there used to be a platform. Uh, you know, popular music has changed so much, but there was a platform at one point where, and maybe it's just a, a nostalgia that I've created in my brain, but the no, point where songwriters could could be a part of movements almost, and they're like an essential voice of something that no longer doesn't really seem to exist. It's, it's everything so fleeting now. Anything popular. Well, there's also a lot less music then, and I think people went to it for yeah. leadership in some ways. And, yeah. And. Uh, it's so different now. It's hard to say anything publicly without getting someone who tells you just stick with your day job. Right, well, There's right. a lot of resentment and, and resistance in the popular culture to anyone telling them anything. As opposed to looking to the arts for leadership, I think people uh, almost reflexively reject it now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or speaking truth to power. Isn't that your job as an artist? That's what I say. I say if you're just going to like phone in cliches, then you, what the fuck are you doing? Find something else to do. I don't know. Well, I don't know, but, but there's a difference between just phoning in cliches and expressing yourself, which is really what your job is as an artist, to right. express yourself, whatever that is. Whatever if your truth is. is. Speaking, it doesn't have to be power, political that's truth. That, you know? That's right. right. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I've always felt like I don't know. I'm not really certain of anything except for stuff about myself. <clears throat> so I really just write about that. You know, and I, you know, I'm sure there are things in there that people glean about how I feel about other issues, but every time I've ever tried to write about current events in some ways and tried to write about something current, it it comes out incredibly trite. But I think that there are things in my songs that are very important about the way human beings treat each other. You well, know? you have a, I mean, a particular talent for getting to the truth of the human condition that I think people have attached themselves to over the past 25 years. And so that would that is your essential skill. And so I think... My essential skill might be to be 
being a arrogant fuck to people and then so I can confront power like about these issues of queerness and stuff just I feel that these voices aren't being well you do have heard. a skill set there <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it's just that you know right well, <laughs> well I always so when I was explaining because after you left like I had to reckon with like what just happened after you left the studio too and how to communicate like what happened to friends and like my wife and like because my life was different having made that record and being around you during that and hearing your point of view and something that I mentioned to people often was that um, you are shining a light and acting as a narrator for a world of people that I as like a cisgender white man like don't generally have access to these drag bars these these places in Brooklyn and New York that you're you're very acclimated to and and spend time in and to like be able to have a person who isn't judgmental of me for living in the silo that I live in uh, and understands that I'm not judgmental of you uh, can have a conversation with me and teach me things about uh, like other people's worlds in a way that like I've never met anybody who's ever done that before Um, you're showing people who don't get to see a certain place who are scared to see of it, it almost, yeah, and with no judgment on them, and, that's and right. And uh, getting back to the art point, you know, we're saying speak the truth to power. That to me, as a writer, mm-hmm. that's the job of the writer. Yeah. take you take people to some place and show them something. They're a liaison, they yeah. wouldn't be able to see because yeah. they need to know it. This is uh, called Queer Mad Blues. <laughs> Back when we were kids It had this feeling you knew this All along you noticed it Down in the thunder this mountain is cold When you came to this town you came in alone And I will be King is spoke. You took on all you wanted, the queens and the jokes, and you burned all my belongings except Jesse's nose. Go to the bar if you're already drunk Guilt doesn't work if they already know That you did what you did Knowing what you're gonna do You can't sing all the songs written for your mom Why can't she sing her own goddamn songs? Lord knows She's got the stuff I took all I wanted The queens and the jokes And I burned all my belongings Except 
heard it. I loved it when I first heard it, but when you sent me all the lyrics, because um, you had sent me the lyrics to Routines, and I asked you for everything else, uh, and I sat here, and I told this to you afterwards, I said, you sure got to re-listen to Sean's record, here are all the lyrics, yep. I sent them to you, you know, and it opened this whole thing up to me, and it, remembered, it reminded me of like, there's a whole part of my life growing up in San Francisco, uh, and especially being a young kid, and going out for a lot of his first drinks in some bars that mm-hmm. were the kind of wild gay bars in San Francisco, and that I had never really written about. I touched on it a little bit in Saturday Nights. And uh, it wasn't until I wrote Palisades Park and some of the stuff on Somewhere Under Wonderland that I really tried to tell stories about this really important part of my life that was this, you know, beautiful experience of being around it. And, you know, I didn't write it all about I mean, I said it in New York. But, like, it was some of the stuff that that reminded me of, like, the Lou Reed and the Mott stuff and the the Bowie stuff that I was trying to touch on, the Velvet stuff in, uh, in Palisades that, like really bloomed when I heard Sissy you know like that whole world and that experience I, I, it, I don't know it just like it touched a part of me that I had been like not thinking about for a lot of my life that really that I loved that came out in Palisades that was that really uh, is expressed well on your record you know and I think it, it does it's a there's a magic to it. it's not just about the issues and what people are going through but also there's a magic to it that it reminded me of like 
my favorite Springsteen album, The Wild, The Innocent. He creates a whole world nice. on that record of that, yeah. of that boardwalk life and that, that time. And where I get this from, by the way, so I, my first two records are a lot about myself, which is just not that interesting at this moment in my life uh, compared to the world, I mean. But uh, one of my favorite bands is The Hold Steady. And what he does, especially in the first three albums, is create these scenes, these entire little worlds. And there's characters, and the characters reappear, and they reappear in different albums, different songs. And they all know each other. And it's all about death and resurrection is his metaphor for everything he writes. And resurrection being through music or being through drugs or parties. And the death being what happens at the end of that. Because you can only sustain that for so long. Drug abuse in the case of his characters. I just found that so interesting. Creating these scenes. Creating these characters. Danger Baby is a character that showed up in another song. It's not even on Sissy. And I just find that so fascinating. Because you can tell a broader story I think that way. Focusing in on, on characters as a, I heard that. What was that song called last night? The one you played. Danger it's called Baby as, as hungry as bodies come. It's a great song. Yeah, that was. It was a really cool song. I never heard it before, and it knocked me out. But I think the 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 world that you created on Sissy is going to touch a lot of people. And it, people it, it drove up from Delaware. There was a, a, a husband and well, two husbands. I was about to say husband and wife, but that wouldn't have made sense. But two husbands came up from Delaware, and they're like, "That the album is so amazing. Thanks." For coming or thanks for writing it, we drove up from Delaware, and that's never happened to me before. So it's exciting. I think it's gonna make it's gonna change people's lives in some way when they hear it. It's gonna make an impression that makes a difference. You know, like I, I think everywhere you go with this, it's gonna touch people. And I agree. You know, that's why I wrote in the piece and I pressed you three times. Is this is this an important record? And you said important well, it's important to me. Yeah. I think everywhere you go, it changes <laughs> things. Yeah. You know, I mean, just cats sitting here. When I got back. Everything was different. Yeah, the cat was completely. The cat different. was freaked out, and there was no. no butter in the house anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be caught, please. <laughs> All right. God damn it. I don't know if we'll include that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the, the difference is no explanation for it. For the benefit of Mr. Kite and those of us who are here. Yeah, indeed. I, I was getting too effusive about you. I, I had to throw in a cat buttering comment. This I did say, I did say on this podcast more than once that I had not seen uh, two really great friends that I had interviewed and, and now met and feel connected to yourself and Stephen Kellogg. And last night, got to see you guys both perform. Let me tell you, man, that was an experience. I mean, Thank everything you, you definitely funnel. And Adam described this to me: you funnel all of this stuff, and it comes out physically the way you sing and perform. And yeah. band was great; it was real tight. And was, did you feel real good with that performance last yeah, night? Yeah, I mean, it was our second gig, and we. Killed it. I mean, yeah. so yeah, Dave was in the, the band. He was on the record. Played yeah. all those songs together. Yeah, uh, it was a lot of fun. How's but. that like to produce it, work with him, get it out of him, and then and then be on stage and playing it for people? That's that, that's fun. Uh, I'm not like big into playing live. I mean, I started out like everybody does with an instrument in their hand, and at a certain point, my career path, you know, like I maneuvered it out of that. Like stage work was not like where what I was completely attracted to, but it's like nice to back up some kick-ass songs like a couple times And also a that year. fucking That's audience really great. It was packed it was and they insane. were going crazy. Yeah, it was insane. That was fun. So, and you were you were off the hook last night too. So fun. that was fun to... I, I barely looked at you but I just like felt you. Well, I can't... It's funny, I can't... It's cool. Well, I'm sorry you threw me off because you opened up way too many jokes here. Well, I can't really look around and look at the band because first of all, I have a guitar so it's not like I turn around with a microphone. And I'm really just, I can't step away from what I'm doing because it's just so, it's hard. I love it, but I, I can't just like turn around and like smile necessarily. You've always been like, uh, like this sort of 
bottled up pent up energy when you played that would come out in these extremely emotional outbursts when you're singing but uh all the other times i've seen you it's been acoustic and yourself alone and the power that that comes out with like it's exponential with the band and all that those explosions that came out of you when buoyed by the band were just like it was so fucking rock and roll (laughs) you know it just uh it was real rock and roll that's very true and by the way we should say this and we should play it on the podcast your version of all the young dudes man holy shit that was that's right on. I mean, that's because you two were talking about it, and I was like, you know what? I love that fucking song. Yeah. Let's see if I can oh sing no, it. kidding! We inspired you to do it. It's the only reason I'm doing it because I thought, oh, Adam and James really liked it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and, and honestly, like there are what I love about having that song in the set. We played a show last weekend, the only other show we've ever played together. Um, it was in a winery event, and you know, like the Bowery Electric basement is the perfect place to see that this band. We are a basement rock club band, but we played on like a cool stage at a wonder beautiful place. Everyone was was really gracious, but like they don't quite understand what this is in that particular demographic. Yeah. But when we played that Bowie tune, they went, "Oh, it's Bowie!" Like, "Oh, I get it. He's he's our he's a, the new Bowie lineage, he's a new Bowie." They understood the that, oh, and and that was insane. what helped them yeah. to like make a connection with what the whole thing was about. They were like, "Oh yeah, Bowie, yeah, like yeah, so. that's weird. What is he? Yeah, what is, exactly? <laughs> yeah. And oh, I get like, it now. Oh well, I yeah, I know so. how I I already have feels about Bowie, and they're good, so I'll attach them to him too. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. He's yeah. a new Bowie. You I can get be it weird. Now, now yeah. all the other songs will make. Oh, it's over. Yeah, oh, it's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's the end. Thank you. You have to open with it. Well, we this is what we're gonna. We thought about covering one of your songs. One of your like less. Not your one of your twenty five hits is one of your other ones, uh, but we're like you know I think he would hate that first of all probably so let's just do all the young dudes. <laughs> wait 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 what would you I want to do Johnny Appleseed's lament oh, oh that would have been really yes. cool yes yeah. actually that would be really cool yeah. yes there's a lyric in it saying that I'm Adam and I'm not Adam so that would have been I would have to rewrite some of your lyrics which yeah. thank God somebody needs to honestly at this point well you, you did name check him in Modern Man it was great he didn't That's really true. realize it until like he had seen the lyrics that you were talking about him I'm telling you I, to I was Street. writing these lyrics there was a computer in front of me and the microphone in front of me and I was writing them and verse after verse and then once I got the first four verses I was like alright let's do it and I improvised the fucking uh, melody and the words the pill bottle line hanging the pill bottle I improvised that and then he's like why don't you take it up an octave and I did that but then that, the thing with Adam, it just came out because I was hanging out with him all the time. And then I was up there doing this record. And it was just on my mind that I come here after work when I'm exhausted and fucking whatever and sit on his couch and just chill out. And New York doesn't have a lot of, you know, I'm not sitting on people's couches in a comfortable room most of the time. It's all small and cramped, though. <laughs> it's nice to just chill after yeah. work here on Sunday nights. we got to get a movie night in soon. Yeah. We just keep being too exhausted to watch the movie for this last <laughs> week. Everyone's here, but we're too exhausted to watch a movie. Yeah. Maybe Sunday. Well, I guess we're going to have another band coming up. Yeah, so cool. thank you Thanks guys. For having I, us. First thank of all, you. thank you for the record. And keep it up. I hope you guys work together again. Thanks. I, oh, we are. Cool. Peace! Late. <laughs> this is a song called Routines. This woman... Just sits on porch A house her daddy didn't build 
She's been missing her mother today As she does when she notices the birds In the tattoo on her leg It's her boy's name She says, fuck me Losing him still hurts She says, I'll burn this cigarette Until the day I die She's got her routine Stop There ain't no one stopping this Free train now She showed it hell The fever it broke doesn't matter now if she did the best she could And when her baby comes home She'll stay in the other room I guess when you love and doubt Sometimes it's the distance that gets you through not a goddamn day goes by She don't do what he tells her to do She's got her routine sound There ain't no one stopping this free train now She's got her routine sound There ain't no one stopping this She can't say for sure Now we're better off today Than the day her sweetheart died My, oh my, oh my, oh my
Stopping this for a train now.